God is good, amen? All the time, that's right. All the time. Well, it's great to see everyone here tonight. It's great to be back with you in the house of the Lord. Uh, We're going to get right into the Word this evening. Tonight, as I'm sure all of y'all are aware, we're continuing our series in spiritual warfare. And in this series, Pastor Matt has chosen a theme verse for us, and this is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 and 5 of 2 Corinthians 10. Paul says this, For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. So we are in a war. But the war that we're fighting is not a physical fight. We are in the flesh. We see each other, right? I I see all of y'all out there tonight. You see me. You see my flesh. I see you. The fight we are fighting, the fight that God has called us to fight, is not a physical battle, but it's one in the Spirit. Verse 4 goes on to say, The weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against, uh, raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. So Paul says that the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh. So as you have noticed, you've, you've been coming to the series on spiritual warfare. We aren't training you on how to use a rifle. We're not training you in karate or how to use a sword or how to you know, make booby traps. This isn't a physical fight that we are fighting. We are in a spiritual battle. And in this battle, we are to take every thought captive to obey Christ. That is what spiritual warfare is. I know when the first week when Pastor Matt laid this out in front of us, my initial thought was, that's it? That's spiritual warfare? I was waiting to, you know, five tricks to kick the demon out of your house or something like that. But really, this is what spiritual warfare is, is living our lives to our best abilities to obey Christ and His Word. And taking every thought captive to obey Christ. And so that's our theme verse. And and Pastor Matt has reminded us that spiritual warfare isn't what we tend to think it is. That it's not the demons flopping around or, or people flying up to the ceiling and the priest coming and throwing water and casting the demons out. Now, that may happen, but for most of us, in our daily lives, we're not going to experience something like that. But that doesn't mean that we aren't in a spiritual battle. That doesn't mean that we aren't fighting a fight. All of us every day are in a spiritual battle. And so our job is to line up our thoughts and actions with the Word of God. And so last week, we did the introduction to the armor of God. And so over the next six or so weeks, we're going to be looking at each of these pieces of the armor that Paul lays out for us in Ephesians chapter 6. 
And so I'm going to read Ephesians 6, verses 10 through 18. This is going to be our main text over the next several weeks as we look at the armor of God. And so Ephesians 6.10, Paul says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. Let's pray. Father, Lord, we come before Your Word tonight with humility recognizing that it is your very words. This is the Word of God that we are reading and studying tonight. Lord, I pray that the truth of your Word would cut deep in our hearts. Lord, that we would grab on to the truths that we are going to look at tonight. And that your truths would give us confidence in this fight that we are in. Lord, that the truth of your word would propel us into the battlefield to take back what is ours. So Lord, we thank you for it. We thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. And so last week, Pastor Matt really zeroed in on verse 10 here where Paul says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. And it's important to remember this as we're talking about the armor of God. This is God's armor. This isn't the armor of Mark or the armor of Dave or the armor of any of y'all. This is God's armor that we are to put on and we put it on in the strength of His might, not in our own strength. And we have access to this strength. We have access to the supernatural power of God. In Ephesians 3, in the same letter to the Ephesians, Paul says, Now to Him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us. The God that we serve has all power, and it's in His power that we fight this battle, not in our own. And I don't know about you, but there's been several times in my life where I have tried to overcome sin and fight sin in my own strength. And just think, oh, if I just 
you know, buckle in and, and I, I focus on my own actions and it's me, me, me. I can do it. I can overcome it. I just need to have more willpower. And every time I, I remember, it, it's not, I, I can't do this on my own. I cannot overcome sin on my own. I need the power of God working within me, strengthening me to fight sin. And so we have to recognize that, that in this fight that we are in, against spiritual forces, we aren't fighting on our own. And that's good news for all of us. The, the power that we fight with isn't our own power. Because I don't know about you, but I get tired from time to time. I get weak from time to time. But the, the strength that we fight with never runs out. The strength of the Lord doesn't have a, a fatigue bar that goes down. It's always on full. And that is what we are equipped with. And so Paul here, he says, finally. So Paul has laid out truth after truth in the book of Ephesians of who we are in Christ, the strength of Christ, the power of God. And he says, finally. So now that he's, he's shown us who we are in Christ and his power, it's with that knowledge that we are now to take on and put on the whole armor of that God who has all power. And so in light of this, he says, be strong in the Lord. And so tonight, the, the first piece of armor that Paul lists is the belt of truth. And so verse 14, Paul says, Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth. Now I don't know if anybody else has realized, but truth is under attack in our culture today. The things that for the last thousands of years everyone recognized as true and certain, people are beginning to question. You know, apparently boys can be girls now and, and men can be pregnant. If you say that's a lie, people will say, no, that, that is the truth. Murder of the unborn is now not murder, it's known as reproductive justice. These are lies that the culture has bought into that now they are pushing as the truth. Truth is under attack in the world today. How many of you have heard the phrase, my truth? A few of you. Okay, well that's especially popular amongst the younger generation who say they're living their truth. Essentially what they're saying is, I can disagree with you and I can say whatever I want to say and that's my truth that I believe and you can't tell me I'm wrong because my truth is correct for me. What you're telling me that you believe about the Bible, well that's just your truth. My truth is different. And again, this is a lie of the enemy that the culture has bought into. That if, if your truth makes you happy, you go along with it. As long as you're not causing any harm to anybody else, all is well. This is deception from the enemy. Recently, there's been an NBA star who, one of his children, he's helped them transition. And that's all I'll say for for those that know what I'm talking about. And he's been touting how happy he is that now his child can live out his truth. And it's just so 
beyond that, that someone can, can do that and claim that that person is living in the truth. But that is where our culture is today with the truth under attack. And so if everybody's truth is their own truth, essentially there's no standard for truth. Because if what's true for you is different than what's true for that person, but if both of y'all are right in your own truth, then what is true? What is the truth? And so the objective standard of truth has been under attack to where people say we can't really know what is the truth. All that is true is what is true for you. But your truth is not a sure foundation to stand on. It doesn't matter who you are. Your opinions are going to change in this life. Your truth is going to change. And so this is not the truth that Paul is telling us to stand on. Because your truth has no foundation. But there is a standard of truth. There is an objective standard of truth. And that is this book right here, the Word of God. This is our standard of truth, and this is what we stand on. This is what Paul tells us to stand firm on. This is the truth, God's Word. And so God's Word is our standard. And the truth of God's Word, it starts all the way back in Genesis 1-1 with the very first four words that say, in the beginning, God. All truth begins right there. If you don't believe the first four words of the Bible, your entire worldview is built on a lie and you have no foundation to stand on. In John chapter 1, the, the Apostle John, he begins his gospel really in the same way Moses begins the Torah. John says, in the beginning was the Word. And then John goes on to tell us that the Word is Christ. And then he also tells us that Jesus is God. So in the beginning was the Word. Then Jesus, he tells us in John 14, 6, that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And so Jesus is in the beginning. Jesus is the Word of God. Jesus is the truth, therefore the Word of God is true. And then in John 16, 13, I know we, we looked at this passage today as well. I think it's interesting how it lined up that both of these sermons today are dealing with the truth. But Jesus in John, 14, uh, John 16, 13, He says, When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all the truth. So not only is, is Jesus the truth, but the Holy Spirit is the truth. And then in Numbers 23, 19, we see that God is the truth as well. It says, God is not man that he should lie, or a son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said and will he not do it? Or has he spoken and will he not fulfill it? So we see that the entire Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, is built on the truth. That the entire Godhead is the truth itself. And so there has been a standard of truth ever since the beginning of time. 
In the beginning, God. In the beginning, there was truth. And people have been deceived into thinking that your truth is the standard of truth for you. But that's not true. There's, there's one standard for truth, and that is God's Word. Whether you believe it or not, it doesn't change the fact that it is the truth. It's the same with mathematics. I know we have some math majors in here. They can answer this question for me. But what is one plus one? It's two. It's always going to be two. It will forever be two. It, whether you want to believe that one plus one is two or not doesn't change the fact that one plus one is two. We're about to add another child to our family and go from four to five. Well, whether I want five kids or I don't want five kids, it's not going to change the fact that when we bring our daughter home in two months that we're going to go from four to five. I can deny it. I could say, no, we have seven kids. But all it would take is to look and use simple mathematics to see that, no, we have five kids. So whether you deny the truth or not doesn't change what is true. And that is what our culture is trying to do today, to suppress the truth enough, thinking that they can get rid of the truth. But there is no extinguishing the truth of God's Word. And so it's important that we recognize this as we come to the first piece of the armor of God, where Paul tells us to stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth. And it's no accident that Paul lists this as the first piece of our armor. Because in this battle we're fighting, who is our enemy? Satan. That's right. Satan is the villain. Satan is the big bad. Satan is our arch nemesis. And what is Satan known as? The father of lies. Jesus says of Satan in John 8, 44, he says, You are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies." So Satan is our adversary, and his weapon of choice is lies and deception. And so for us Christians to get in the battle, to prepare to fight, we've been given the one thing that is custom-made to defeat our enemy and his weapon, and that is the truth. And Paul says in 2 Corinthians 2 that we are not ignorant of Satan's devices. We know his weapons. We know what he's going to come at us with. He's going to come at us with lies and deception and false promises. And so God has given us exactly what we need to fight Satan. He's given us the truth of his word. And I love the way that the King James Version says this verse, really we're, we're missing part of the instruction here that Paul gives us in the ESV. In the King James Version, Paul says, Stand therefore, having your loins girt about 
with truth. How many of you have ever used those two words in your vocabulary, loins or girt? KBI, that's right, if you've taken KBI, possibly. But what Paul is saying here is that you are to use this truth of God's Word to help get in the fight, to help prepare you for battle. Back in in Paul's day, everybody wore tunics. Everybody wore, I'm not, they're not dresses, they're tunics. You know, that's what men call dresses. They call them tunics. But they wore these long tunics. They went all the way down past their ankles. And so this was a very popular phrase in their day, to gird up your loins. Your loins was the area around your waist and to your knees. And so what Paul is saying here, this this verbiage of, of girding up your loins with the truth would be very familiar to the people of that day because they would frequently gird up their loins. This wasn't just something that soldiers did to get ready for battle, but if you were to garden or if you were to be needing to squat down to lift some heavy things, you would gird up your loins. So essentially what that meant was you would, you would grab the back of the, the underside of your tunic and you would pull it up, making really like a big adult diaper, and you would tuck it into your belt. So that would give you free range of motion to be able to move about to do something that requires uh, you to be active. And so yes, this, this was also the the phrase and the wording that that soldiers would use to get ready to fight. They would gird up their loins. This this was them saying, get ready to fight. Get ready to battle. Prepare yourself to fight. So this is what Paul is saying. So we, we lose sight of this a little bit when the English Standard Version says, stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth. It's more than just putting a belt around your pants. It's literally saying, prepare yourself for this fight that we are in of spiritual warfare. And we are in a fight. Spiritual warfare is a daily fight. It's not just something that happens, you know, when we're facing a crisis that, oh, you know, someone's really sick in my family, it's time to put on the armor of God and and go into spiritual warfare. No, spiritual warfare is a daily fight that we are in. And so that's why daily we must take every thought captive to obey Christ. And the sooner we realize this and recognize it, the better off we will be, that daily we are in a fight. Satan doesn't take any time off attacking us. And so we need to daily recognize that and gird up our loins and be ready to fight. And so it's the truth that propels us into action. Paul says here to gird up your loins with the truth of God's word. Now we need to note the difference here between the belt of truth and the sword of the spirit. The sword of the Spirit, we we use the truth to fight once we are on the battlefield. We saw Jesus model this for us when Satan was tempting him in the wilderness. He used the Word of God as his weapon to fight the enemy. 
But this isn't what Paul is telling us to do here, or else he, he wouldn't include this and also include the sword of the Spirit. The truth that he is talking about, what, what he is saying here, is that the, the truth that he has laid out for us in the book of Ephesians, the truth that he has shared with the Ephesian church, it is that truth that they are now to grab hold on. It's that truth that is to give them confidence to get in the fight, to go out onto the battlefield, that now with that truth, with that knowledge of the truth that I have given you, you are now to go and get ready to fight. And so there is a difference between girding yourself up with the belt of truth and fighting with the truth, which is the sword of the Spirit. And so what is the truth that we gird up our loins with? What is this truth that gives us confidence to go into the fight? Well, this is a good start right here, that Christ is King. This is the truth. This right here should give us confidence to take on the enemy. That our Lord, our Savior, is King over all. That currently He's seated at the right hand of God, not as a defeated person. He's seated at the right hand of God, having defeated death. He's seated at the right hand of God, ruling and reigning in power. And Scripture says that He is making His enemies His footstool. This is our King, and this is the truth of God's Word. Eduardo already read this passage tonight, but I'd like to read it again, the Great Commission, just because it should give us confidence. This is the part of the truth that we girt up our loins with to go into the battlefield. Jesus says in Matthew 28, 18, all authority, all authority. Here at, at Destiny, we have this profound teaching that all means all, right? All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, has been given to King Jesus. All authority. So then Jesus says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. That therefore, what he's saying is, go in my authority. The authority that I have taken back from Satan, overcoming death, hell, and the grave. Go in my authority and disciple nations. How many of you know that the, the discipling of nations is spiritual warfare? So Jesus is saying, go in my authority. Let that propel you into this fight of spiritual warfare. And so we go in his authority. And this should encourage us. We've got the king of the universe in our corner. You know, we... I played on a few basketball teams in high school. And there were some years where our team was not very good and we didn't have much authority and we would see the enemy on the other side of the court in layup lines and we would know right away before the game even started this is a lost battle we have no hope of victory but there were other years especially my senior year 
Shout out to the class of 2004, um, Destiny Christian School Eagles, Ben. Ben was part of this team. But we had a really good team, and we all knew each other's talents and capabilities. And we went undefeated that year in that basketball season. But we were very confident in ourselves, and that propelled us to go out and conquer the other team. And so knowing who you have on your side either gives you confidence or doesn't give you much confidence. But we have the King of kings and Lord of lords in our corner. And this is what gives us confidence to take that battle position, to get ready to go into the fight. Some other truths. Let's listen to these truths that Paul lays out in Ephesians chapter 1. Just in the first chapter alone of Ephesians, listen to what he has already told the Ephesian church. He says that they are blessed in Christ. He says that they've been given every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. This applies to all of us tonight who are in Christ as well. He says that we've been made holy and blameless We've been adopted as sons and daughters. We've been adopted by the King of Kings. That means that you are royalty, by the way. That, that your Father is the King of the universe. We've been redeemed in Christ. We've been forgiven of our sins. We've been sealed by the Holy Spirit. When's the last time you really meditated on that truth? that you've been sealed by the Holy Spirit, that the enemy cannot take your salvation away from you. That no matter what we face for the rest of our lives, our greatest problem has already been taken care of. Jesus has taken care of our sin problem. Then listen to this. Listen to the rest of Ephesians chapter 1. And if this doesn't encourage you and pump you up, I don't know what will. Paul says, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of Him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which He has called you, what are the riches of His glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of His power toward us who believe. Think of those words. The immeasurable greatness of His power towards you. This is what we gear ourselves up with to go into the fight of spiritual warfare the immeasurable greatness of the power of God. Paul goes on to talk about what this greatness has accomplished. According to the working of His great might that He worked in Christ Jesus when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power, and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one 
to come. So the power that we have been given is above all rule, is above all authority, is above all power, is above all dominion. Nothing that we will face in this life, no, no spiritual foe that we will face can even come close to the power that we have been given in Christ. This is the truth that we have to remind ourselves of. This is the truth that Paul is talking about. It's, it's this truth of who it is that we serve. We, we serve the God who, who stretched the stars in the sky, that put the planets in the solar system. And it is that power that we have been given to fight the enemy. And so this is what it looks like to fasten on the belt of truth. And so we meditate on this truth. We meditate on these promises of God, of who we are in Christ. And we stand on His authority. We stand on His truth. The reality is, is Satan is defeated. Satan will not one day be defeated. Satan is defeated. Satan has no authority over you. The only way that Satan can have authority in your life is if you give it to him. Is if you buy into his lies. If you give in to his deception. You give him back the authority that Christ has already taken away from him. And so we, we use this truth to fight the enemy. We're, we're fighting a powerless enemy. And, and the sad truth is, is that the church, the majority of the church doesn't believe this. The majority of the church thinks that Satan is going to be more and more victorious until Jesus comes back. That the world is just going to get worse and worse and worse. The church is going to get worse and worse and worse until finally Jesus says, okay, that whole Great Commission thing, that all that authority that I gave the church, it didn't work, so I need to go down there and rescue the church. I'm sorry, but the Bible I read doesn't allow my theology to believe that Jesus is going to come back to a defeated, broken-down church that has no authority. I believe what Psalm 110.1 says, that the Lord is making Jesus' enemies His footstool and that Jesus is going to be seated at the right hand of God until all of His enemies has been made His footstool. And so, do you believe this truth? Do you know this truth? Do you meditate on this truth that you are victorious in Christ? That you have been given His authority to fight Satan and Satan's forces. That we've been given all power. We have all dominion in Christ. Do you trust these truths? There's only one way to know the truth. There, there's only one way to understand the truth of God's Word. And, and there's, it's not a big secret. There's no tips and tricks you simply have to open the book and read it. That is how you equip yourself with the truth. And so are we doing this? Are, are we taking this fight seriously enough to where we are daily opening 
God's word to equip ourselves with the truth that will give us the confidence to fight Satan. The reality is Satan knows God's word. We saw that in the the wilderness. Satan came to Jesus and he quoted Psalm 91. And Satan knows the word of God. And so how much more should the people of God know his word? How much more should we be spending time in the Bible knowing that the, Satan, that, that the devil can use God's word against us? And sadly, that's happened in some churches across America. They've been deceived and now they are preaching a false gospel that they are proclaiming is the truth, but they've been deceived by the devil. And so that's part of why we need to know the truth so that we can spot the lies of the enemy. And so I just want to challenge y'all tonight to get in the Word, to open the Word daily, even if it's five minutes to start your day. Put the truth of God's Word into your heart daily, knowing who it is that we're up against and knowing what His truth will do for you. His truth will give you the confidence and the assurity and the authority that you need to get in the fight. And, and believe that Christ is King. He, he's not just King in here in these four walls of the church. And then when we go outside, well, Satan's King out there, but Christ is King in here. No, Christ is King over all the earth. And so we go out in that authority. We go out in that confidence. We take on the enemy with that truth and with that understanding. And it's Christians who believe that and truly grab on to that that is going to go out there and turn the world upside down. And I truly believe that when we do that, when we go out in that authority and in that confidence, there will be revival in our nation and that the church will be victorious. And so let's stand in that truth tonight. Amen? Amen. Well, why don't we go ahead and stand? How many of you are ready to gird up your loins with the truth of God's Word and go out onto the battlefield and take what is truly ours? Amen? Amen. Well, Father, we thank You for Your Word. Lord, I thank You that it is a solid rock that we can stand on. Lord, we can stand, we can stand firm in this battle because what we stand on is the truth of Your Word. Lord, I pray for all of us in here that You would give us this confidence that we need. The confidence in the truth. The confidence that You truly have conquered Satan. The truth of who we are in Christ. That the immeasurable greatness of Your power has now been given to us. And we take this into the battlefield. It propels us. We go out not trying to hide from the enemy, we go out searching for the enemy to take him down with the truth of Your Word. So Lord, I pray for that confidence in all of us. Father, I pray that You would 
Prick us by your Holy Spirit throughout the day to open your word. That we would be so hungry for your word that we couldn't go a single day without opening your word and equipping ourselves with the truth. Father, I pray that as we do spend time reading and studying your word, that by your Holy Spirit, you would help us to retain what we've read. And that when the enemy comes with us, with his arsenal of lies and deception, that we would be able to say, get behind me, devil. I know what you are saying is full of lies because I know the truth of the word of God. I know who my Savior is, who my King is. I know that he has defeated you. And Lord, as we stand in that truth, we know that Satan has no power over us. So God, we thank you for the truth of your word. Thank you for the power that it gives us. Lord, help us to go out and fight the good fight of faith in your authority. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.